we're back. Podcast 7. Podcast of the Beast. Yeah, Talking Maiden. Episode 7. So, in our last podcast, we got into uh, Summer in Time. Episode, or, uh, episode 6, album 6, recorded in 1986. 666, good, good entry. Uh, but we kind of ran out of time. I yeah, I didn't can... realize uh, it would take us so long to talk about one album. Well, which is but, good. Yeah. And we we want to keep things concise so people can listen to the podcast okay. in a reasonable amount of time. But it also means that we get to talk about Summer in Time again. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. Yeah, I got a little bit more stuff... Uh... A lot more stuff to talk about. A bit yeah. more stuff to talk about that I had, didn't have last time. So that's good, actually. That we uh, that's some stuff I was going to bring up that I totally forgot about. Yeah, and we haven't. We 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 went through side A. Uh, you talked about. I think you talked about the background on the album. You went through kind of where they were with respect to their tour and kind of reflection after the big Power Slave tour. Yeah, some time off. We talked about the who who was writing what. We went through the first four songs in detail. You had some great clips, if I recall correctly. Uh, ranked the albums. Basically, gave, or rank the songs. Or rank the songs. Or rated uh, the songs. Rated the songs, which is kind of a yeah. a loose ranking, and came came away pretty quick saying like side A is as good as it gets for uh, yeah an album. And I think you know the takeaway from that first podcast was just kind of you know we're in love with the album, but also amazed with maybe that it's not considered in the top three or top four or top five albums. Like I've never yeah. met anyone who said summertime's number. Even though. Maiden fans think of Somewhere in Time as like a classic album. It is, yeah. I still think even those people that look at it as a classic album, yeah. I still think it's a bit overlooked. Because they have songs like, well, I won't get into the ones that we've already covered. But I don't know, well, when you hear like Sea of Madness yeah. or uh, Heaven Can Wait especially. Like, wait. Well, Heaven Can Wait yeah. is kind of a hit, but you know what I mean? Like all these songs that are, I don't feel like they get enough attention the way that some of the songs on like Peace of Mind and Beast do. Yeah, um, that's right. And then, like I was saying, that's with right. that whole thing, with everyone thinks, oh, they have like keyboards and synthesizers and blah blah blah. And I think a lot of people kind of have this slight. Yeah, well, and also, uh, I think we alluded to in an earlier podcast, and um, and we've talked about it ourselves about how there's these different phases of Maiden. There's the kind of the early years, and then there was the well, you know, Bruce came in, but then also then there was the real the depth of Bruce. And then Bruce leaves, and then Bruce comes back. And yeah. I think we've argued or we've talked. Is there four or five phases of Maiden and yeah. all that stuff? I forget about the Blaze era. The Blaze era. That's <laughs> well, I said. Bruce leaves. I mean, the Blaze era. We've talked about. And or as you call it, the non-Bruce era. The non-Bruce era. <laughs> the second non-Bruce era. The second non-Bruce era. <laughs> the, or the yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I've come around a bit on it. I, I used to think it wasn't made, and now I accept that it is and don't enjoy it. <laughs> or, no, that's not true. I've even ranked in the openers. I ranked, yeah. uh, um, you know, some of the, the some of the songs. I put them up there. But what I was thinking is that you got these four or five periods, and maybe it's just because of the period it's in or the fact that it's, it's crowded around so many great albums that it doesn't stand out. But for me, after listening to this so much in preparation for this, and I've listened to it a ton, but I mean, to sit down and dig into the tracks, this is all new for me. You know, I don't uh, do the depth on, on music that you do until we started this podcast. I used to just listen to stuff and like it or not. And uh, as I dig into this album, I'm like, wow, there's so many layers to it. And it's so great. And it just stands out for me. And now, you know, I would probably put it right this week. I'd put it in my top five. Yeah. yeah, well, whatever album I'm listening to currently, I tend to <laughs> put it up there. Yeah, I just like, like this album because it's, it's not supposed to be a concept album. It is sort of all the songs it is. have like a concept to it, even though it's not intentional. Yeah. And I feel like it has like this, I don't know, cohesiveness that like a seventh son of a seventh son has. You yeah. know what I mean? It does. It Whereas does. like even Beast and Peace of Mind and 
are such good albums. They're just like collections of songs where these all seem like they. Yeah, but well, it, it is it is cohesive in theme though too. Right? That's what because I mean. like yeah. wasted years and heaven can wait, and I mean they kind of stand alone yeah. as these tracks that are independent of this album. Yeah. Well, wasted years, cut them yeah. in time. Yeah, but they all they they, they do have they that, have like that time that time theme. concept. Yeah, but yeah, so I don't see it as a, a fluid musical journey because there is some difference. No, not that many. I think yeah. the songs are very like different well they have a similar song because of the guitar synthesizer thing that's going on that's right they are very different songs like some of them are i don't know we'll get into it as we absolutely side b before we dive back in uh well first i think we need to have a beer i think you're right <laughs> this is it's beer time so we have a growler of beer Ooh, nice growler what is this this is a, a newfoundland beer it's called cape Land. yeah nice yeah so oh, well, i forgot to play our uh do not spend your Worrying about those wasted beers. Yes, but I'm getting a little nervous about that for one reason. I think we might be encouraging people to drink. No, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about. Can we get? I don't think you need to worry about it <laughs> when you're talking about a band that has like four kinds of beer out with their logo on it. Yeah, we're not encouraging. <laughs> it, I was actually kind of joking. I think I should probably drink more. But um, all right, so you've got some. Well, we went into the the background on the on the album last time. You're going to talk a bit about the tour, right? So yeah. the summer, so they were like, they're kind of burnt out on the road from the Power Slave tour. Yeah, they came up with this album, and then they were kind of like, we got to scale it back a bit. But the Somewhere on Tour tour it was called uh, 253 days and 151 shows versus like the Power Slave had 189. So they didn't really scale it back that much. Wait, <laughs> it's still again, pretty grueling. Many? It's still two, 151 shows. In how many days? 253. Holy God, that's crazy. Yeah, well, that was Maiden, right? In the day they that put is an album insane. up, they tore, they record, tore. That is insane. Album. And back then, though, that was a lot of your revenue, too, wasn't it? That's also a different driver for this. Because in the 80s... I don't know, was, because in the 80s... It was the pre-CD days, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think album sales were still... Yeah, but remember they yeah, used to CDs say like, you couldn't really make any money off records because they cost so much and the companies yeah, made so much right. money. Yeah. So I think that might be a driver there. Yeah. That's insane. I think that's why they have such a loyal following now. Like people have made just love maintenance. Like those touring bands that tour and they come to all your, they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you let's you listen to listen to Maiden all your life or hear Maiden all your life, and when you see them live, like do the math. Just I mean, they must have people. done like three thousand shows by now. I don't know. I bet you could look it up online. Look that up for the next podcast. I mean, that's amazing. I saw uh, you know Maple Leaf moment. I saw that. <laughs> there's this famous um, Maple Leaf announcer. He got. 3,000 shows, and he's in the 60s, and there were 3,000 games, and they were talking about how, how much work that is. I mean, how many Maiden concerts could they have done if they'd done... You're doing, you know, I mean, just on those two albums, it's 310, all the all the other albums, plus all the all the tours in between. It has to be near around 3,000. Maybe it's 2,500, whatever it is. I have a book here right in front of me that'll tell us. That'll tell the exact amount we're doing yeah. live on the air research. <laughs> but... Um, Everyone can listen to me flip through the pages. This book is called uh, Iron Maiden, The Ultimate Unauthorized History of the Beast. Unauthorized History. And it's pretty awesome. It's got like all kinds of stuff in it, but it has like every tour date listed and every date. That's a good question. Like here's 1986, so this would be the somewhere back in time tour. Anyway, I'm probably not going to find it. Oh, you're not going to find the number. We don't care anyway. I just thought because there's an index on the back that has a tourography and has like every date and every it has like every this book is really awesome if you're into like yeah. super detailed maiden this is a totally different experience though than like if it was a Led Zeppelin podcast we'd be, we'd be like 
So how many, how many shows did they do? Well, they had sex with 5,000 girls, and they did one and a half per, per, per show. <laughs> so there's 3,000 shows. Yeah. You know, it's like... Uh, anyway, I will find out. It's because it has every tour in there and has every uh, every tour and has all the dates listed. So yeah, I'm going to go through now and add it on the spreadsheet, aren't you? Count the things. I probably won't count them, but then I can find out why were those extra three shows of the 189 versus 192 of... Remember Rod Smallwood said 192? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Instead of 189, because there was three shows that weren't accounted for. Yeah, we can figure out the. Yeah, who knows where they were. <laughs> so the tour itself, um, what was the set list like? Uh, so okay, so they toured. Yeah, they did all the shows. The ending of the show was six nights in a row, in London, and they sold them all out. Oh, I think. I think I just made that up. I don't know if they sold them all. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. Well, you're not going to yeah. have a six night. Unless... And Steve, I, the, here's something. This oh. tour. Yeah. So Steve Harris wanted to do a concert film, and Rod Smallwood thought it was too soon after Live After Death. So they have a bunch of stuff recorded, but they don't have like a full concert's worth. Yeah. So I don't know if that'll ever see the light of day. Ooh. There's some on YouTube. That's I, that's where I got most of this. Like most of the stuff about the live tour stuff that I've watched on like YouTube videos that are I don't know where it came from or who recorded it. But uh, it's too bad that there isn't a concert video of this era because it'd be pretty cool. It would be. So the set list was they open with cut somewhere in time yeah two minutes to midnight excellent the third song was the loneliness of the long distance runner but yeah. they only did it once and they dropped it off for opening night and i don't think they ever played it again really yeah so i don't know what happened with that but Why? they dropped it from the set list i don't know maybe it didn't come off right or the yeah. crowd was bored during it because it's too long and stuff a new album they didn't know it yet or something i don't know yeah but it's the, f- the first track on the second side and it's it's pretty epic i've got the rank yeah. pretty high anyway they dropped it after opening night oh, that's interesting and then they played sea of madness and they dropped yeah. that partially part way through the tour wow. and replaced it with wrath child and then children of the dam stranger in the strange land yeah wasted years ram the ancient mariner and then they had this thing called i mentioned it in the last podcast called yeah. walking on glass which was a guitar solo with uh dave marie and adrian smith and yeah. it's really cool it's like it almost sounds like a Pink Floyd-y type thing. I'll play for you sometime. There's live footage of it on YouTube if you go search for it. And it's uh, it's really cool sounding. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It never turned up anywhere else. They just did it as like an instrumental guitar solo. They did Where Eagles Dare, but that was eventually mm-hmm. dropped in the set list too. And then Heaven Can Wait, Flight of Icarus, which they replaced with Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Then Hollow Would Be the Name, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Run to the Hills, Running Free. And for part of the tour, they did Sanctuary as an extra song. So five songs from the new album on the first night, and then oh. they dropped one. Oh, wow. Four from Beast, two Power Slave, That's two Peace, Peace of Mind, and the rest were... Those other I, can't three see the, I can't see the set list there, but did they play Wasted Years? Yep. Okay, where did they play that? Eighth. Eighth, okay. Yeah, that was, when you saw that was the last right? run on the album there. that They only played, they played their five tracks towards the top. That's not a very album-heavy concert, to be honest. Yeah, but they usually do that. They usually play four yeah. or five from the new album. They don't usually... Yeah. Like well, they're, they're, that six, didn't they? I can't remember. I'd have to open, yeah, I'd have to have it in front of me. Yeah, fair enough. For this but album, I don't know. I guess I just... Well, it makes sense. They chucked uh, Loneliness and Long Distance Runner, and that brought them down. The stage You're was, not going to play Alexander the Great, of course. And, and yeah, Bishop. they've never played Alexander the Great live. No. So the stage was like this futuristic space theme, yeah. Blade Runner type thing. And they had these big inflatable spaceships with like lights on them and stuff that would like float over the stage. And uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of the stage, but like this big Eddie cyborg head would come up in the middle. Yeah. The drum riser would rise up on top of it. So Nico would be playing uh, drums on top of the Eddie head. And then like these two hands would come up so that like Steve Harris 
would be in, in one palm and Bruce would be in the other and they'd be like playing with all like in these big inflatable things. So it's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. Kind of cheesy, but I don't know. I like it. It's pretty neat. And then of course the, the Eddie that came on stage was like the cyborg Eddie. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. That we should awesome. do a best Eddie episode. Which Eddie is the best Eddie? I like that. That's a good idea. <laughs> so uh, anyway, side we did side A of the album. Yes. We should do side B. Yeah, let's break it down. So on side A, first re- quick recap on it. Um, I kind of we, we ranked it all just over eight out of ten on average. Caught summertime eight out of ten. Wasted years perfect ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, but also because of its place. Yeah. In uh, in the Maiden universe. Sea of Madness, 7 out of 10. Heaven Can Wait, 8 out of 10. Now, that's a pretty amazing side. Um, you listen to that on vinyl, that's pretty pretty awesome. Second side, obviously, is, you know, is, you can't keep up with that, but I think it's still really, really strong. The, you just talked about the loneliness of Long Distance Runner right. and the fact that it was dropped from the tour, which saddens me because one of my big takeaways from listening to this album so much was how good that track is. Yeah, it's that and Deja song. Vu, which are two tracks that you just yeah. look at. Them. So, Loneliness of Long Distance Running, I was only ever played one time ever in Belgrade. Yeah. In September 10th, 1986. And then they wow. played it again. That's weird. I would love to know what happened to make that. Uh, Belgrade, the Iron Curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Something happened. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Maybe it didn't come off. So, that's, well, that was based on a short story by Alan Stiletto. I read the short story. Yeah. And it's like this guy who like robbed the bakery. He's like this young guy, and uh, he hides the money in this like drain pipe, and then like the cops come into his house, and he's denying it all. But then it starts raining, and all this money, the cash starts like flowing out of the drain pipe, and the cops. Anyway, he goes to jail, and like uh, they, he's in jail, and like let him do this like long distance running thing in the morning yeah. before like the labor starts. Yeah, so they're like confident in him because they want him to like win this blue ribbon prize cup for long distance cross country running. So he's training, and they're like, he's going to bring all this glory to this prison that he's in. It's not a prison; it's like a some kind of institution that he's in. He feels like they're treating him like a racehorse and not like a human. He starts running this race, and he's like winning by a ton of space. And then he gets right to the finish line. And he just stops and stands there, and he lets everyone like run past him, and then he finishes. And then so he gets punished and gets hard labor, like scrubbing floors and stuff. And he's, while he's doing it, he's like, oh, it was totally worth it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So he, like, totally won the race, but then he didn't want to bring glory to his people that were, like... That were forcing him to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it's a story. So I don't know if the song has that much to do with it. There's something about you feel like throwing the race and it's so futile in the yeah. lyrics. The song sounds like it's mostly just about, like, running on and on and on. Yeah. But it does have a little bit of that. They say that's what it's based on. Yeah. So... Makes sense. Yeah. I, I said, I think, in a previous podcast that, like, the first time he says uh, futile... He like drags it out so much it sounds like future real. Oh I yeah, I remember you that. said that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really listened to it a bunch, and I, I looked up the lyrics online. They're only so reliable, as you know. They're never really official. It's mostly people transcribing, and people have said it's you know because because the chorus goes later and feudal is clear. Yeah, but to me it's like it, it almost sounds better if you think it's future real. Yeah, um, but there is a there is a an album drop in the next one we'll get to. But I love songs like it's it's really long and people always complain they say it's like it's long and it's repetitive and whatever, but I I have this thing for like stoner rock. Like I love Caius and I love Sleep. Yeah. Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats, all these bands that play these you know these long where they just hammer one riff over and over and over again. So I just love it. It also depends what's your mindset in music. Like do you want to sit down and maiden and hear everything crammed into three minutes and that's your album, or do you want to like actually sit through and enjoy it? Like yeah. If you're gonna listen to Maiden all the time, yeah. I listen to it when I program i listen to it when i'm at the gym I listen to it when i drive 
listen to it sometimes when I'm lying in bed. All the time, like, basically. Basically all the time. <laughs> Anytime I'm wearing a speaker now, it's always yeah. Maiden. Especially this podcast has made it way worse. Yeah. And now I listen to Maiden. I always listen to Maiden. And rarely does a song, am I like, oh, that's too long. Yeah. You know, I guess maybe they're just not into it. But there's this one one piece I want to highlight where he says, um, uh, must, must be so determined to push on, push myself on. There's this, this deadly riff that's after it there. 520 minute mark it's amazing and we were talking about it before it's just this rift that we can't really place and maybe we'll have to follow up that sounds familiar it sounds so familiar uh or it's definitely we'll just uh play it now and we'll uh we'll see if we can think of what it sounds like because i'm not sure exactly what riff we're talking about Yeah, so I don't know. It does. It yeah. sounds like it sounds a lot like something that could be in in one of the little transitions in like somewhere on Seventh Son. Yeah, with, with this is where my my maiden listening becomes a hindrance because I listen to so much maiden like ambiently that I might even actually just be thinking I heard it before and it was it. You know the yeah. same song, but to me, I just feel like I felt that in a different variation somewhere else, you in a good way. Like yeah. you know, it's like a, a different take on a similar. Similar riff. Yeah. But well, it's like the Wasted Years Shadow on the Valley that we're listening to. That's right. They're similar. They're not the same. But one instantly reminded me of the other. That's right. Yeah, I, I love this track. I give this track a 7 out of 10. That sounds about right. I'd give it an yeah. 8. Yeah. I, I didn't rate seven. them, but like, I always really liked the song. Yeah. I remember talking about this with uh, Chris Fox, and he thought it was like... He's the one that said it was too long and too repetitive. And I was like, yeah. that's what I like about our, our it. Long distance runner, right? It's like yeah. running. That's the point. Yeah, it's like it really. You, you can't have a song about a marathon. It's like three minutes, 20 <laughs> seconds, <laughs> right? It was so long. Yeah. So the I just short distance the sprinter. The... <laughs> that's right. Stranger in a Strange Land. Classic. Classic, yeah. There's another one that Adrian Smith wrote. Yeah. Came in picking up the slack when Bruce Dickinson couldn't write because he was burnt out. Yeah. He wanted to write like acoustic songs. And this is the first um, time that I ever heard them, well, that I recall offhand anyway, where they drop A Brave New World, right? Which is a tie back to... Right. A tie back to, obviously, the later album. So they've done this... A tie ahead. A tie ahead. <laughs> uh, are they time travelers? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, Brave New World, yeah, I think... I, well, this is another one of those things where they mention, yeah. like, a line pops up again in different okay. eras of men, yeah. which I love. It just kind of ties everything together. I love it. Yeah. It also means, you know, that they're thinking about these albums, which, I mean, 86 to, oh God, off the top of my head, what's uh, Brave New World 2000, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So 14 years later, but that's in their, their vernacular. That's in their space. Yeah. And they're already just, thinking yeah. about it. And it's a theme. And then they, yeah. they, they get enough around it and they get enough meat out of the bones and they put an album out of it. So there's a novel called Stranger in a Strange Land. Yeah, which I was gonna read because for some reason all this, all these things that like maiden songs are about, I tend to want to like read them. Like yeah. That last longness, loneliness of the long distance runner. But uh, then I found the novel has absolutely nothing to do with the. No, no, the novel, cool so thing. I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't read it. It could be good, but yeah. it didn't have the maiden connection I thought it would, so I didn't uh, didn't bother with it. Yeah, but there's uh, actually that listen with Nicodemus. Those so they put this thing out called the uh, first ten years. It's like a vinyl box set. Of like singles and as B sides, there's like Nico McBrain. I guess it's Nico McBrain. I would say Nico. Yeah, I say Nico. And he does these like commentaries on like the singles. And yeah. here's if this is a single for a strange, stranger in a strange land. 
and he says that uh, Adrian read in a newspaper with this explorer that found this like perfectly preserved body up north in the ice, and then he actually met the guy and uh, had a conversation with him, and then like we were inspired to write this song. So anyway, I think the song really captures that. I can picture somebody like trekking through like a blizzard, finding a preserved body. Well, apparently, when you climb Everest, there's like yeah. bodies everywhere there's along bodies the trail, and they just leave them there. It's crazy. Yeah, that's actually a really cool way to be buried. Like, yeah, I'm just on the edge of, uh, of Everest. That's not. That's crazy. Anyway, written by Adrian Smith, two solos by Adrian Smith. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I told you before, this is one of only three Maiden songs that fades out at the end. Yeah, you mentioned that, and yeah. I've been listening, and you're, you're right, and I never realized it. Yeah. It's like one of these things. That's yeah, like, they always end their songs with like a cool yeah. drum thing or something. like. Which is which is a, you know, probably a good thing. The fade is, is you know, producer it sounds trick, like, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like fade always reminds me of like 80s radio. Yeah, that's right. Stuff so that they can talk the way out of the track. Or something, yeah. And into the next yeah. one, maybe. Possibly. But a lot of them fade in any way in the studio, right? So yeah. like you listen to radio, and it's always faded. But it's just a producer easing down the soundboard. Yeah, well, I think a lot of those songs, they just, like, jam them out and jam them out, and then they finally just, like, picked whatever length was the single length and just, like, faded it out or something. I don't know. It's deadly. Anyway, that's a great song. What did you give that one? I gave, now, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Now, look, you know, it sounds like... I know you're like, that should be an 8. Yeah. Um, I'd give that one a 9. You'd give that one a 9? I'd give that one a 9. I'm going to revise. I'm going to revise my grade to an eight. I think it's the second best song on the album after "Wasted Years." Really? Yeah. You think it's? Uh, well, I like it more than "Caught Somewhere in Time," which I've got. I I got to agree with you. It's oh, no. I love "Caught Somewhere in Time." Yeah. Plus, is the opener. And, yeah, uh, the solos and "Caught Somewhere in Time" and the title track. Great. It's, it's that's yeah. great. "Stranger Strange Line" is great. Um, it does. It does. Oh, there's a lot of depth in that in that in that whole kind of concept of the Stranger Straight Line. So I like that. Song's yeah. great. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade to an eight. I got the pen out. It's a, it's an eight. <laughs> you just came back and argued you'd get more points. Okay. Um next up, Deja Vu. That's a great song. An I think that's song. overlooked by a lot of people. Overlooked started out for me a little bit cheesy, but started to fall. Well, it starts out really, really yeah. mellow, and then it just kicks in really fast, which is awesome. I think people kind of think of the I don't know if people hear the beginning and like think of it as a certain way, but it's very like made me. It's probably the most when people think of like what Maiden is. Yeah. Like when people have their an idea, especially people that don't listen to a lot of Maiden, they have an idea in their head of what like Maiden is. Yes. And I think this is like out of all the songs on the album, this is the most made me song, like of that kind of you know what I mean? Definitely is a little bit of campiness with some of the lyrics like oh, yeah. I know the way he like, says that it is, it's sometimes it's kind of campy yeah um, I do have a little little uh, clip here of something that I love with, that happens all the time in, in, in vocals and I, I should really track this down yeah. and, and measure this more but it's where like someone's talking and then Bruce replies with like the screaming and I absolutely so he does that. like the yeah he does that yeah. a lot where he'll do like a yeah. almost like a chanted part that's not quite singing and then he'll come in with like a high pitch but is that him doing the chant part yeah, as well it's all him okay yeah. so him the whole time yeah. in the in the last podcast we talked and you you played the isolated vocals from adrian well those are background harmonies those are background yeah. harmonies but there's no reason to me like one of the guys couldn't do a duet with him all right so uh let's hear this clip when you see familiar faces but you don't remember where they're Places that you know you've never been before. Don't even show. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty awesome. I love when he does yeah. that. That's not his pure vocals though. He's like edited there, synthesized or something like. I don't think so. Do you think so in the lead up to him screaming like? No, it's oh, just okay. him. I think that's him singing in that like. Yeah. I'm sure there's some effects in echo like. Yeah, there are definitely. If you're the excellent isolated vocals for even uh, Number of the Beast, there's a lot of echo and stuff and effects on his voice. This is pre auto tune. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love when he kicks back in. It's yeah. just obviously, you know. It's like a build up, dude. And then, boom, he delivers with a well, high part. Okay. I'm, I'm changing my grades as I'm going through. So, Dave, yeah. that's, a, yeah. Dave, that's the one song Dave Marie brought. So, Dave Marie wrote that yeah, song. Dave, well, yeah. Well, I've got, I've got the credit going to Dave Marie and Steve Harris. Yeah. Well, he brought it in. Yeah. And I think Harris wrote the lyrics for it. Yeah. Yeah. And all the solos on it are from Dave Marie. Yeah. It's like a Dave Marie song. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Harris wrote the lyrics. So that's where that came from. The that's Harris where that came from. And I'm sure they probably changed it, but we jammed it or whatever. Deja vu. <laughs> the lyrics aren't particularly great, so I give Dave Murray two-thirds of the credit on that one. Yeah. Um, I got the pen out again. I was going to give it a 6.5. I don't know why. I, I feel like giving everything a 7 and 8 makes rating no yeah, point. That's true. But I was going to give it a 6.5, but I'm upgraded to a 7.5. Okay. Next time, as good. soon as I heard yeah. Bruce replying. Yeah. And uh, the, um, you know, 7.5, that's good. So I'm at... 7, 8, and 7.5. So moving on to the last track, which I would argue is an epic track. It is an epic track. It's also probably one of the weaker overall on the album, on an epic album with only eight tracks. Okay. Yeah. So here's my take on... If you want to go... Okay. You go ahead. This song, they've never played this live. No. Steve Harris, this is 100% Steve Harris. He wrote the whole thing. He took two weeks and wrote part by part. He wrote every single bit of it. Yeah. It's insanely awesome. The, like, if this was an instrumental, I think it would be one of the best Maiden songs of all time. And I always say this to you: the lyrics. It's just yeah, like it's lyrics. like reading out of a textbook. This song could yeah. be. It could just change it from Alexander the Great to like any person in history, and just grab a bunch of random facts and <laughs> the, stick them in. You know what I mean? The cheesiest line was. The culture was a way of a Western way of life. He paved the way for Christianity. And the part that I hate is in the end, the way the song ends, yeah. it's like Alexander the Great. <laughs> yeah, he died. He's like, he died of fever in Babylon. <laughs> yeah. The end. Oh God. It's like, I don't know. It's so true. I, I remember that stuck out to me when I heard that song was like so literal. There's no like poetry to it yeah, or anything. It's just it's reciting facts about Alexander the Great. And the he, last one yeah. and died of fever in Babylon. Yeah. And it, it's also kind of, you know. Anticlimactic you, from the whole like this epic instrumental song. There's so many parts yeah. of the song. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. The it's timing, massive. the drumming in this is insane too. Eight and a half minutes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy long. There's so many different parts and little Stuff. It's just great. I know it's not like they decoded a scroll to tell the story either. I mean, they just basically read off. Like, yeah, like you it's know, like high reading a Wikipedia entry yeah. <laughs> to music. So like, yeah, I, so I wonder true. how many like high school people were like, yeah, like, I'm in grade seven and this is my presentation. On <laughs> Can you imagine? Great. I got I got a test on Alexander Great tomorrow, dude. Play this tune, man. <laughs> yeah, it's all you need to know. <laughs> it's all you need to know. He died of fever <laughs> in Babylon. All right, what what's what are you gonna play? So this part, I'm gonna play. It's a clip. It's yeah. like 10 seconds long. This part always reminds me of Rush, the drumming. But this part, it's just amazing.
So that clip, or that little part, I just played the very beginning of it, but then when the guitar comes over, I don't know what kind of timing it's in, because I'm not a musician, but like, whatever timing it's in, like the, the way the drums and the guitar are playing together, that part always sounds like Rush to me. And the yeah. drums actually sound like a Rush song, but I'm not yeah, sure especially that. Rush is another band you could like dig into. Oh man, definitely. I love, I, you know, yeah. I've got... Uh, two of their albums I listened yeah. to that but I have a great sense Rush yeah. you know thing yeah. is is in Canada where they have the CMTC requires you to play a certain amount of Russian radio you just hear it all the time yeah. so you don't really want to deep dive Rush are like one of those bands there's a lot of bands like that where it's like I really really like a band yeah. but they have so much material out and I like I like 20% of the material yeah. a lot but that 20% adds up to like 30 songs so I really like it but they also have like 170 oh, other songs the radio that I don't argument. like. We had this argument, the Radiohead argument. Yeah, Radiohead. Because I was I was talking about how much Sonic I love Radiohead. Like, and you said to me, you were like, do you love Radiohead or do you like two Radiohead albums? Yeah, exactly. I was like, yes, the two that I have on vinyl, I love Yeah, exactly. Pieces, and I have both on my phone. And, and there's a bunch Kid of... Kid A and Rainbows and those, I have them and they're good, but you don't dig into them. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I find Sonic Youth is like one of my favorite bands. Yeah. But I still don't like more than half of their music. That's right. But the half that I love, but the, the stuff that I love, like, I just love so much that they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah, that, that sucks because it does color the good stuff, doesn't it? You want, like, the completeness is there. Like, yeah, sure, I, you know, I, I rip on Blaze and there's some tracks I made. But, I mean, for the body of work, 16 albums, I mean, oh, yeah, like, there, I love there are very all, yeah. few weak ones. They're, yeah. like, and when we say weak, I mean, you know, it's back to my rating system, it's 7 out of 10. Yeah. Like, it's still Yeah, like, really Maiden bad. doesn't have any bad songs, I don't think. Yeah. Like, I mean, they if don't they had, like, like if, if of the 16 albums, there was four good ones... Four okay ones and eight garbage ones. We yeah. wouldn't be doing this podcast. Oh yeah, like if they had after yeah. somewhere in time, they just kept start putting out like crap albums. Yeah, it would. Like, I'd still love Maiden because of those original albums, but it's not the same. I don't not think they've same. ever had. They've had like highs and lows and stuff, but their lows are still pretty high. Their lows are epic, and not <laughs> only that, their lows are places for you to go and dig into Maiden when you're yeah. tired of something. I suppose people stuff. say that about like Russian Sonic Youth and those bands too, but. Yeah. Another band like that, the Rio Statics. I don't see. They're a Canadian band, Rio Statics. I could make like probably three mix CDs of Rio Statics songs that are great, but then there's some of it that's like unlistenable to me. It's so bad. Yeah, the people who love Rio Statics is kind of this. I I find it. Rio Statics is one of those bands I would sum it up like this. They're like a cult band for people that think they like music but don't really like music and just want to pretend like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, see, the whole way. people that I know who are really into it. See, I knew. Not really into music. I knew, like, I disagree. I don't. I think it's the opposite. I think it's hundred percent the opposite because I only knew maybe three radio static songs, mm. and then I saw them in a really small club. Mm. Just I was like, oh, I heard of the real statics. They sing that yeah. like bad time to be poor and clear. I went to see them, and like three songs in a row without taking a break, and they all kind of went together. And I swear my jaw must have been like hanging open. I couldn't believe that the people on stage were making the sounds that I was hearing. It just blew my mind. Yeah. It was the, so I think they're like a musicians. I think people oh, okay. that are like hardcore musicians must get really into them because this really? was just, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And like, I was, it's not like I was like super loaded or anything. I was just had a few beers in me, watching the band and just went there for something to do. And I left there being like, these guys are amazing. And I got right into them after that. Oh, that's a cool uh, perspective. I, I, I perceived them as they're the type of band that if they blew up, all of the current fans would be like, Oh, well, they're not cool anymore. You know what I mean? Because it was like a niche thing. And that was just the Yeah, there was some of that. I I just, I'm basing this on a couple of real sex fans that I knew who were just like, you know, those people. And there are bands like that that are like, 
certain bands are ruined for you because of certain people that are oh, into the band. And that's happened yeah. to me multiple times. Yeah. You know, like, I know people that don't like the Tragically Hip because they don't like Tragically Hip fans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love them. In Canada, like, well, and in Newfoundland, you'll meet everybody. so many people that don't like Sloan because there was one Sloan concert 20 years ago yeah. where they came here and they were like assholes on stage and people were like, Sloan sucks, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's yeah. 20 years ago, 10 albums ago. Sloan are a very good band. Oh my There's God. no question. Yeah. They're excellent. Um, I got I'll, in a big fight one night because I said that Sloan are, I said they were as good as the Beatles or maybe better than the Beatles. And anyway, yeah. my head chewed off by a bunch oh. of Beatles fans. Yeah, uh, stand by. <laughs> there's there's no such thing as a Beatles fan. I've never seen anyone walking down the road listening to the Beatles on their iPod. Like it, I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah, I don't know. I like to make blanket statements. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if I'm wrong. I like to I like to hold my my bigotries and and uh, say that the, no one listens. Like everybody that I that I talk to is is a Beatles fan. I'm like, okay, what's your favorite album? What's this? And it's like it's never de- deep. It's, a, it's I, I disagree with you again, 100. percent 100. I every yeah, single next sort of guy that's in a Beatles cover band, right? Well, that's so true you're, too. You're also clouded by that. But I've also that's met, the one guy. In no, town. I've met a whole bunch of every single Beatles fan that I know. Yeah is into Beatles the way we're into Maiden. More so. How could you? There's some, well, I took a course in the Beatles because yeah, I wasn't sure did. if I liked the Beatles. We talked about that previously. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that I was like missing out on something. So I was like, yeah. I took this course on the Beatles and went through like all their albums and whatever. And it's yeah. super interesting, when, like the history of them. Yeah. It's just, and I really got into it and I really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate the Beatles now. Yeah. As like a band and what they did for music history. And like, it's super interesting. Like yeah, the that, dynamic between them all and yeah. stuff. It's just the songs don't do it for me. Maybe it, it, one in 30 songs I like. Yeah. So the music just what they did for the history. Me. Yeah. Then yeah. getting off the plane in America, Beatles mania, yeah. all that stuff, getting on the shows, having the first band to ever, here, ever record then, a, uh, yeah. a distortion, distorted guitar. There you go. So all those firsts. No, that's not right. Feedback. I all those remember. firsts. Right. Yeah. And they did this stuff in the sixties. Yeah. And, of course, Maiden started to form in the 70s and then got legit in the 80s. And that's a quite a, a, a broad range of time. Yeah. And and I, and I understand all that stuff. And I listen to the Beatles and I'm like, it's so, you know, and then people that I argue with this about, they say, well, the time and they were the first and what do you expect? 1970, Led Zeppelin. Like, come on. Like, you can't. It, no one who listens to the Beatles can think, can make a time argument and just put on Led Zeppelin 1. It's so much better than yeah. all of the Beatles stuff together, and it's like bang on the same time. The Led Zeppelin wasn't going, oh, how do we raise it above the Beatles? Like they were just like yeah. a couple years late. Like they're so much better yeah. in every I agree. fucking way. It's not even comparable. I agree, but I think that's like, I know it's just our taste and people yeah. are into the Beatles, like that kind of music. But like, I don't know. The Beatles, and, and like I, I've argued with a whole bunch of Beatles fans, not arguing, but Beatles you know, have these fans discussions. were like girls in the 1960s. And no, Beatles appealed to everyone. Like, I don't think you realize how huge the Beatles. I do really understand bigger than any. I have ever. pretty well. You, you, you've, you stored my vinyl collection during the home reno. Mm-hmm. You've seen all the Beatles albums in there. I've listened to them all. I have every single Beatles song yeah. on my phone right here in front of me. All the Beatles songs. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Because I wanted to listen to them for music history completeness. Yeah. Right. Well, I kept thinking I was missing out on something, and now I'm like, no, I'm not missing out on anything. Just not, no, nothing. There's uh, the one song. So I've I heard like, every single Beatles yeah. song, and I've listened to every album at least yeah. a dozen times each. And I watched all the movies and I watched documentaries and I watched, yeah. I even watched that magical mystery tour movie, which was like horrible. Yeah. It's just like, it's all know. garbage. Yeah. The, the... But it's our, also us looking from our, we were born in the seventies yeah. and then looking back at it, it's not the same as like growing up and listening. But Your parents back, were listening look to like, back at, look at, look back at Led Zeppelin. Look yeah, but Led back Zeppelin's at Led Zeppelin's later. 
Yeah, how much later? What was the first Beatles album? So, like, really, they hit the stride in the mid-60s, right? Zeppelin uh, started recording yeah. in, like, 69, 68, yeah. 69. You look at three, four years, years yeah. and I get it, but, like, the the whole medium was so, like, you know, the, just the distribution of disc and getting yeah. it out there and all that stuff. It's not like Led Zeppelin were a copy. Let's, let's go to the next level. Well, they just took blues that. music and just, like, spun it into something else because the four of them were probably the best yeah. musicians ever at the time to be put together in a band. Yeah. I don't know. Like you have like the best singer, the best guitarist, the best bass player, and the best drummer ever in one band. Yes. So what expect? What, what do you have in the other, like? <laughs> and they're they're basically just starting off doing like blues covers and making them their own. Before, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but then they just spun off, and they're just they're just amazing. Yeah, and but I mean, you you even said earlier you were like the first distorted guitar or or the first or maybe it's the, the first Beatles. feedback. I can't remember. That doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the first like what? You know, Paige, yeah. what was his first? Like, all of them? like Playing his guitar with a bow. Zeppelin? I mean, it's amazing. So, Which I don't know if he's the first. I tried to like the Beatles. I still do I like the Beatles. Too, and yeah. if I'm, you know, on a date with a girl, she's like, oh, I like the Beatles. I'm not going to tell her what I think. Yeah. But I could make a, a mix CD of 12 Beatles songs that I like. Yeah, and, and I love some of the songs. Like, I love, like, well, it's it's really, it's uh, Lennon. Your Lennon, Blues it's, like, is like yeah. a good song. Well, I love the song Revolution. That was where I, but now I listen to it. Like, oh, I don't like so, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, a little bit of like, and even ends with like screaming, like, this is all yeah. you got. Like, but the version on the album is even yeah. worse because it's like got these, like, it's not the rock version. It's the like, oh, I don't know. It's like, anyway, I've, we got off on a tangent. Back, oh, God, the Beatles. Anyway, Alexander the Great is better it. than any Beatles song. I said it on record. <laughs> okay. Well, I want it before we move on from Alexander yeah. the Great, I did give it a six out of 10, which is the lowest on the album. Um, even though that's a bit harsh, you give me the eye. You're like it should be a seven. No, but in, in maiden it could terms, be six. I agree because in I never listened terms. to the song. I never listened to it. However, because you, the vocals thing or the and you thing not the lyrics, but I I do have a comeback on the okay. lyrics. This is the point I want it. While some of the lyrics are lame, I love it when Bruce sings these three words. Okay, Persia. Alexandria and Babylon. He could sing those all day long for me. It's yeah. like so old school. It's like, you know, Persia is dropping all the time, then Babylon. Like, yeah. I love it, man. Like, when he's, and when he's like in those, Macedonia. Ooh, yeah. 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 Although I left that one intentionally because yeah. like, he does use it too much <laughs> in the beginning. But that is, all those. So the melody, the melody of the vocals is great. Yeah. And the chorus is great. Yeah. Well, the chorus, the melody of it all is great. I just, like, I think it would be better. I'd love to hear an instrument, instrumental version of that. I bet yeah. it would blow your mind. I think so too. Be really be cool. Pretty close. Overall, I gave I gave the first first side better over yeah. eight. Gave this one just over seven. Okay. So it's a little bit, but I mean, you know, I think that's probably a skew in my rating system because side A has wasted years and heaven can wait. You know. Yeah. Side B does have Stranger in Strange Land, Loneliness, and Mrs. Runner, but they're at least a pit below on a scale of ten. So anyway, it's a classic album. Yeah. There's a reason it went to number one in Finland. Did it go to number one in <laughs> yeah. Finland? Why is number this? three in the UK, number 11 in USA. Excellent. So as of 2017, it sold four and a half million copies. Excellent. So not bad. Not sh- not too shabby. Not too shabby. So the, there's B-sides for the album. Uh, one of them's... Okay, we were talking about uh, Adrian. Yep. How good he was on the background so vocals. So one of them is Reach Out. I can see why they did it as a B-side and they didn't release it. It doesn't sound anything like Maiden, yeah. but Adrian sings lead vocals on it. So it's, uh, I don't know if he's sung lead vocals on anything else, but anyway, I'll, here I'll play a clip of it. It doesn't sound very Maiden-y. I can see why uh, Steve Harris was like, not for Maiden. Not for me. But uh, it's a pretty cool song. This is a super short clip, but uh, you'll get a sense of like what Adrian stuff's like. Go, reach out, reach out. 
So yeah, you uh, you're saying earlier that uh, all these this, these four B sides that were released yeah. on the extended version when they put the CD out, but they're also yeah. on the singles for Strange New World and Wasted Years. These are the B sides. Yeah, and and were they ever they weren't put in a vinyl just on the singles? They're put it on the twelve inch vinyl. Yeah, as the B sides. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is vinyl single B sides in the so, original thing. Okay, I yeah. got them on the reissue bonus CD here. Well, they, that's what they when they reissued the bonus CD, they took those B sides and put them on the okay, bonus track. Okay, see. Okay, sorry, I was thinking backwards. Yeah. So, like, basically, all of these. Uh, this is, I think, this is the only good B side from this album. There's uh, four. There's Reach Out, which is uh, that one we just heard, and there's one called Juanita, one called That Girl, and one called The Sheriff of Huddersfield. And The Sheriff of Huddersfield is like it's not even worth listening. I don't think. It's like this joke song making fun of Rod Smallwood. Sheriff of Huddersfield, yeah. they released that on the calendar this year. There was a reference to Texas. And they just uh, It just came out on the... Yeah, there's a graphic for it. it yeah, there's a graphic in this year's calendar. Yeah. The Sheriff of Huddersfield is, sh- is shown. Yeah, that graphic's not new. That's been around for a while. That's been around forever, but it's used in the calendar this month. That yeah. was... Uh, well, it's not technically the Sheriff of Huddersfield. It's a Texas tour shirt graphic. That's right. But it has like a joke. Anyway, it's, it's, it's the an whole awesome song. graphic. Yeah, the whole song is like a joke, making fun of Rod Smallwood, basically. Okay. That they just did as like a whatever, and they threw it on as a B-side. Just like they threw yeah. that argument, remember Message from Area I was telling you about? Yeah. Or Mission from Area or whatever. Yeah, we talked about that previously. The, the So it's just, between. yeah. Anyway, I don't, I break that one off. Juanita and the girl. Yeah. Uh, and Or that girl. That girl, Or two yeah. more with Reach Out. So basically what happened was, after they came off this tour... So this, I'll tell you how like hardcore Nico is. So they came off this World Slavery tour. They had this big six months break. They're going to take a, like a break before they started working with Maiden again. Nico was like, he's like, I can't. I need to get playing drums. I can't just sit here and do nothing. So he rented this like studio space and uh, just to like jam in. And he got Adrian to join him and start. So that's where Adrian started like, using some of these uh, riffs that weren't suitable for Maiden. And they're just jamming just to keep busy or keep their keep practicing or whatever between and then adrian and nico got like a couple of friends together that were in bands and they formed this uh band called the entire population of hackney and it was just like this like one-off band they played two live shows ever i wonder if those two live shows are where those extra two shows came from that were in the perhaps well there was three wasn't there? There's nice. one. one missing. Yeah. Anyway. So they played these two live shows, and it was like Nico and Adrian with these other guys. And uh, then during the encore, Steve Harris and Bruce and Dave came on. So they played these uh, songs. Anyway, that's where all these B-sides came from. But these oh, are songs awesome. from all these, the entire population of Hackney. So there's that reach-out song I played. Juanita and the girl are two more. Yeah. And uh, Adrian plays bass on those songs. Bass oh, cool. and guitar. So bass and guitar. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to hear like these songs. And I think that's kind of what put the seed in Adrian's head when he left to do the ASAP. It's called yeah. like Adrian Smith and Project or whatever. So he left and did an album and it sounds like it sounds like that kind of stuff. Like we heard that clip of Reach Out. So here I have another song by uh ASAP I'll play where it's called Silver and Oh the album was called Silver and Gold. I can't remember what the song's called, but So that's uh, 
not me. Yeah, not me, Neil. But you can see how I was saying earlier, he has a great singing voice. He's deadly. But his songs don't sound like Maiden, so I can see. Although his three songs were like the best songs on this album that we just talked about. What blows my mind about this is like you'd said earlier, you know, in this tour they did 150 shows and in the, I think 300 or thereabouts for this one was, you know, I think even more 180 something on the power slave tour. The, they get done that and they have six months off. So they form another band. Like six months go so fast, especially yeah. after that. I mean, the first month would just be, well, I'm back home. The next month would be, let's yeah, get ready think, for the concert. Yeah, we got four months in the middle. Mind. Okay. Honey, let's go to a trip and maybe I'll do this and maybe I'll do some tour and press and stuff. These guys are insane. That is well, Steve Harris got off the last tour and then like, immediately went on tour with the British Lion. I think he's addicted to it. Well, yeah, that's crazy. So too. That's amazing. Yeah. Which it bodes well for them sticking around the long run. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't want to give up. No, totally. So yeah. that's that album, 1986. 1986, excellent. 1986, uh, what else came out that year? Who Made Who, ACDC. That's a good album. Master of Puppets is 86. Oh, well, always one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Peace Sells by Megadeth is 86. So. Okay. That was peak Michael Jackson. Wet. That was peak Michael Jackson time. Was it? 86, 86? yeah. Ran, ran there in the mid 80s, yeah. Crazy. They were probably competing with like Madonna. Yeah. Actually, he probably got even bigger later in the 80s, to be honest. Um, but I just remember that that was when he was just kind of coming huge uh, in the mid to, to late 80s. Takeaway on this, man, this is one of the top. If if this is not in the top five Maiden albums, that just shows you how good Maiden are. I mean, yeah. Maybe it's seven or eight. Maybe. I wouldn't put it in my top five. Maybe I'd put it seven or eight, maybe nine. But that just shows you if this is not in your top five, how many good albums are. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're amazing, man. They're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. It's, it's an amazing. absolute honor to, to, to listen to that stuff. I just anyway, my this mind. is like, a, if you add these two episodes together, this is like two hours. I don't know. It's well, it's only an hour and a half or so, but I mean, it's worth it for this album. Yeah. You no, know? I have no problem with that. That's fine. Absolutely. It's that much stuff to talk about. Like, yeah. I can talk about, like, it's so deep. I know it's funny because like we decided to do this podcast because yeah. we usually would just like we'd have these go to your go to your house yeah. have beer go to the cabin or we'd take a road trip and the whole time we'd just be listening to Maiden yeah. talking about Peyton Maiden yeah and then we're like we're already talking about Maiden anyway so yeah. we have these conversations anyway so we might as well like, might as well record, record them. them and not only that structure them but I I found because I listen to Maiden all the time not probably as much as you and certainly not as long as we've talked about in the past you introduced me in two thousand six so I'm about twelve years. Uh, into listening to Maiden and going through and digging into the tracks because I just listen to everything now just ambiently. I put it on. I mean, I'll listen to four Maiden albums and then later in the day someone will say, oh, did you listen to Brave New World? And I haven't listened to it in a while and I'll realize it was on a playlist and I listened to it Yeah, and then you forget about Fallen Angel and you're like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. That's right. But now when you dig into the tracks and you separate it, it takes me back to high school when you'd be sitting there with a CD and, yeah. you know, there's no mobile phones and there's no distraction yet all the time in the world. Yeah. And you'd be going through the tracks and you'd be skipping back and forth, which, you know, a lot of cases people used to complain back then that they weren't making albums anymore. Remember that debate? But at the same time, it made you know what every track was and how fluid the album was and all this stuff. And I think it all just comes to like paying attention to the music. Paying like, attention more. Music yeah. has, over the last years with all the digital stuff and yeah. whatever, it's just become like background to your life. But vinyl is facing that. But, like, yeah, you yeah. pick up a vinyl album and I'll put it on and I'll just sit down and listen to it. That's right. And I don't know. Also, that's something that the podcast did was, like, if you know you're going to be talking about an album, I'll listen to it and start picking apart. Oh, yeah, I remember. Because I picked up that part in the solo of uh, Wasted Years. Yeah. Where it kind of goes into the vocals. And I was like, I always love this part. I'm going to, like, mention it. I probably would have 
Like, I think about that song every time I hear it. I think yeah. about that part of the song. But I never actually, like, so, thought to mention it to anyone. I, 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 I did fib a bit, and I said I'd listen to the vinyl a lot before this, because I couldn't find it. I went to the yeah. record store and tried to find it. And you actually yeah. texted me. You went to the record store the same day. Yeah. And I ordered it, so it's on the way. Yeah. But from now on, I'm going to pre-order. So what's our next... Um, because, you know, I probably got now a third of the Maiden Vinyls. Yeah. You were saying to do Dance of Death. Dance of Death we could do next. Which would be good because that's one yeah. that I never would put in my top ten. That's right. But for some reason, every time I listen to it, I love every song. Yeah. So right. I, I, have a th- I have a feeling that, like, in my head, I think that I don't like it that much. But that's right. I probably do. So that would be yeah. a good one. And we talked about Killers and having a guest on and our Australian correspondence. Right. And it being so early in the Paul Diano, that'll probably take about four episodes to cover Killers, <laughs> which is an excellent one. But that's right. awesome. As long as people like hearing people, people like if talk they, about Maiden and like uh, go off on tangents. I'm guessing if you started listening to Talking Maiden, you probably also love talking about Maiden. Yeah, when we get input, get, that'd be great. Yeah, get get fans calling in too. Yeah. So if you're listening to this now, yeah, and you think it sucks, if you think it sucks, yeah, make it better or yeah. don't listen. Who cares? Yeah. Or rip us because we also love that. I don't care. I don't give a <laughs> I don't give a flying anything. But all right, I guess we call it there. Summertime, amazing album. TalkingMaiden.com. TalkingMaiden.com. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. TalkingMaiden.com. TalkingMaiden.com. All right. Until next time.